for the Lord. Amen. It's not in vain. And thank you, Brother George. You've been wearing two hats up there today. You're doing a fine job, too. Thank you. Awful lot of groaning going on back here. You all right? I want to speak to you briefly tonight about uh, um, deliverance, the power of prayer and how it can bring about deliverance. And we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 12. Anybody have any idea just off the top of your head before you turn there what's there? Chapter 12 of Acts. Well, I'll help you out. It's when Je uh, Jesus, not Jesus, but when Peter gets out of prison. We know that he, uh, well, we'll start out in verse 1, and we're going to read through to about um, 16, I guess, <clears throat> just to get a picture of, of the scripture here. It says, now about the time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Notice that he stretched out his hand to harass the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. <clears throat> so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer. Never stop praying. Because we know how this story ends, and it had a lot to do with prayer. It had everything to do with prayer. Verse 6, And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So when he went out and followed him, he did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for a certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered, delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. So when he, was con so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, the girl named Rhoda came to answer. 
And when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. King James says, you're mad, you're crazy. Yet she kept insisting that it was so, so they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. We'll stop right there. We see in this text that there's four sets of guards. We see in this text that there's four sets of gates that Peter had to walk through in order to be set free. It's a good place for us to take notes for ourselves as individuals. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The battles that we fight, folks, are not earthly. It's not against men. The battles that we fight are against the devil and his hosts, so to speak. It's good to know that when we go into the place of having a battle that we're not fighting against each other, but we're fighting against the devil who has conspired to, to come against us, to come between us, to do whatever it is that he can. Because remember I told you the other week, he hates you. He don't hate you more than he hates this one over here or that one back there. He hates us all equally. He don't like us. He wants us gone. He wants us destroyed. And that's how much Satan hates us. So therefore, we're, a fight, we're a fighting against the principalities and powers of darkness. The first gate that Peter had to come to was called his inner prison. Think about that for a moment. I'm going to read these scriptures again, 4, 5, and 6. And so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intended to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, constant prayer, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out the night, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two guards, and the guards before the door were kept, were keeping the prison. Folks, whenever we are looking at this, we need to look and understand that God is more interested in then who we are rather than what we do. Peter was doing the work for the Lord. He was taking the gospel around. He was taking it out. But God was more interested in him. I don't know what was going on in his mind at that time. He probably was thinking about, okay, they're going to kill me here tomorrow. They're going to get me out. I'm going to die. And he had peace. He was sleeping. So he must have been doing okay. But God had another plan. God was interested in Peter. And he always has been. Before you and I can do anything for the Lord, we have to receive an anointing inside of ourselves. That anointing comes from the Spirit. It's when the Spirit of God and our spirit kind of gear together and work together. That's when we kind of get in sync with God, if you will. And we have to have that. We have to overcome the prison of our inner selves, the things that keeps us low, the things that stays on our minds all the time, the things that keeps us 
to the place that we waver sometimes in our faith. We get weak, and that's the inner prison that we have to overcome. That's the first place that he was. And, folks, if we don't get through that first gate, then none of the other gates will open. That's the progression of what we see here. The second gate that he came to was the expectation of people. I'm going to read verses 10 and 11 again. And when they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for a certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. The one thing that we have to do in our life is we have to live our life to make sure that we are free from the expectations of people. Remember, I was been teaching with the about the uh, uh, the bait of Satan, the bait that he lays out. One of those is expectations. When we set expectations on people, they are bound to disappoint us. We have to get away from expectations of people, but. Live with the expectations of God. People will put all kinds of expectations on us. And never even consult God to see if that's what he wants. You can spend an entire lifetime trying to please people and never get it done. Can I get an amen on that? You will spend the entire life, your entire life trying to please people and never get it done. One minute they're happy, the next minute they ain't. You didn't reach the expectation. You didn't do what was set before you or what they expected. But here's the key. If we make sure that God is pleased, that's what matters. That was the second gate that he had to overcome. He spent time with the Lord. We know that he was a praying man. We know that he had... One-on-one meetings with Jesus. We saw that in the scripture. So he was spending time with God, and whenever we spend time with God, we can stand before any man on this earth. Amen? When we stand with him and we spend time with him, any man can come at us with anything they want, but we've been with God. That's what matters. That'll take care of those expectations. Remember that when you walk out of here tonight. Don't worry about other people's expectations. Worry about God's expectations. Find out what he expects, then do it. That's all we have to do. Everything else will fall in line. It'll be okay. The next gate that he came to is the gate that leads into the city. In verse 10, I'll read that again. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. There's a gate that leads to every city, folks. In every city, we call it Huddleston right now. This is a little area, but in every place, every city, there is a ruling power of darkness. And that ruling power of darkness does not want the word of God to go forward, does not want the saints of God to be able to grow. That's what his job is. But you see, you got to go through your inner prison first. You got to get past the expectations of people. And then when we do that, we're able to go out into the city. We're able to go out and to do what God has given us. Satan wants us to stay in a place that we're oppressed. He wants us to know, and you hear this a lot, people talk about the power of the devil. Well, the devil's been all over me. Okay, good. 
I guess. But what about God? He delivers me from the enemy. He delivers me from the evil one. And in order to get out to the city and to do this, we have to get out of all these other parts of the prison. This gate opened at its own accord. The revelation that we see here is when we are free from the first and the second guards, the city gates can't hold back. They will not open. They have no, I mean, stay closed. They will not have no choice but to open. The fourth gate that he comes to is the religious system of the church. The people were praying, but the gates were locked. Too many of our churches have stayed hidden inside of the four walls. In order to get those gates to open, we have to go through those first gates. When we get to the gate of the church, it's the hardest one to open. Notice that Peter went there and he had to knock. When he knocked, they didn't believe it was him. It had to be his angel. It had to be his spirit. They didn't believe that it was him, and so he had to continue to knock. Rhoda goes back in, tells them. They go, no, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. But they had been praying for this very thing. They had been praying that he would be released, and yet Peter had to keep on knocking. You see, folks, tonight we're going to go into prayer, and we've got to go into the place of prayer with expectancy, knowing that God's going to hear us. The testimonies from this week alone tells us that God hears our prayers and he does work. And we've got to hang on to that. That's why we call upon him. That's why we, sh we show up here on a Sunday night to spend time in prayers because we expect that God's going to move on our behalf. Or if nothing else, he's going to give us a revelation. A revelation of why something is. And he says no, but then he'll say this is why. We have to be okay to have that expect expectancy. Our faith is released, folks, when we pray to God and believe. I tell what you say all the time, Brother Willie, all you got to do is believe. We have to believe. Tonight we're going to pray. Take these gates that I told you about tonight. Think about them. Think about them in your life. Think about how you're going to work it. How that God is going to see you through things. Are you locked in an inner prison and can't get out? Are you locked in a place and bound up by the expectations of people around you? If those two things that have us bound up, we can't reach the lost. We can't get past the guard over the city, the evil guard, the, the angel of darkness, if you will, the power of darkness, if we're still bound up within ourselves. And as a church... Let us not, let us not spend time in prayer without expectancy. It's a full circle. That's the picture that we see from this for Peter. We know that God can do anything. With man it's impossible, with God all things are possible. Pray tonight, I don't know what the requests have, but believe tonight, believe with somebody, whoever wrote them down, believe with them that God's going to move. I still believe that, you know, Berkeley didn't look like he was going to be coming back to church. He was in a pretty bad way, folks. He'd been here the past two Sundays. Don't let loose of those little hopes, those little things that we see. 
And he may not wake up tomorrow morning, I don't know, but he did get back to church. He wanted to get back to church. God answered prayer. I remember Annie that was, she'd been down all summer long, and a few weeks back she came to church a couple times. That's because that's what she wanted, and now she's got this broken hip that's now been repaired, and she's going to be on the place of mending. I believe that God can get her back on her feet, and you can still see her picking strawberries and, and, and blackberries with Carson. I believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't pray for it. We have these testimonies that we see. Let's hang on to those and make new ones. Today is a new day. Let's pray that tonight. George, if you'll give us some music, please. I want to ask you to do something. I want us to do something. It just hit me. Remember what I read this morning from Romans 12, 15? Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those that mourn. Let's do the book again tonight. Can we do that? Let's get used to doing that. Let's try to do that. Join up with somebody to pray. And when you get done praying with the prayer request, pray with each other. Something you're rejoicing about, something that you're mourning about, you're having issues with, pray for one another. That's putting it in action, folks. Amen. That's the best way to do it. So let's do that tonight. Let's join up with somebody and pray.